Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Google Workspace Recap, a weekly show discussing all of the changes happening in Google Workspace. My name is Jesse Nolan, my co-host is Steve Larson, and we're here to help you keep up. Steve, so good to have you back in your trademark orange and black secret lab chair. It's good to be back. I got the, uh, you know, I got the big screen set up uh, back with the same acoustic room, so the audio is sounding a little bit better, I think. Uh, a little bit different than last week when I was in the hotel room there and uh, was having a good time uh, doing a little golf last week and visiting a few distilleries out in Tennessee and Kentucky. Just got back tonight, uh, just about an hour ago. Long day driving from Nashville. Um, but yeah, it was a good time. Picked up some nice little distillery exclusives over at the um, Nelson Newbrier, uh, or yeah, Nelson Breyer Distillery, which is they make Bell Mead. Very cool stuff. Very good, delicious stuff. So, yeah, you've been telling me all about it off off screen, and like I said last week, you're making me thirsty, man. <laughs> I know. Well, I'll have to uh, bring a few little samples out. I'll definitely be bringing some samples when I come visit LA pretty soon. So we will get to enjoy them together. Sounds good to me. And it's also good to have you back on stable Wi-Fi. No delays this week. I know. Yeah, it was uh, it was a rough week out there in uh, the middle of Tennessee. Uh, like even the Wi-Fi and broadband there was just really poor. Um, uh, but yeah, I know. I know you were you were doing some. Uh, additional recording uh, the other week, and you've got uh, something coming out tomorrow. I heard, right? I do. Yeah, we uh, we teased it last week. We announced the Workspacers podcast with our buddy Christian, and uh, my episode is in fact coming out tomorrow. So that would be today nice. for most of you, because this episode drops very very late on Monday evening, um, California time. Or so early, very late for the rest of you, or very Tuesday early morning. Tuesday morning for the uh, the early risers of the rest of the world. And yeah. uh, I don't know exactly what time Christian drops his episodes, but I'm definitely looking forward to it. It's not too hours i got to he, he told me some of the the numbers behind the scenes and uh some quotes that he got out of it definitely some some good quotable tidbits in there and uh very much looking forward to it but it is just uh, over an hour of uh once it's edited down a little bit so i guess he took out some of the fluff that we were going back and forth on but uh he said he was having trouble sticking to his questions there so we digressed a bit <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like to get a hold of that uh, original audio, listen to the whole thing. It'd be good. Doesn't sound like he changed it too much. So, um, yeah, but I don't even remember what I said, like I said last week. So should be fun, though. I'm looking forward to it. Yep. Yeah, I was actually listening to episodes one and two on the ride home tonight. So I was catching up with his uh, his podcast. Nice. Yeah, I was listening to uh, episode three while I was doing some barbecuing earlier. It's good stuff. It's another good uh, nice. podcast. Go check it out, folks. The Workspacers podcast. Yep. All right. Well, what have we got in store this week here? Well, Google's back to work, it looks like. Cranking stuff they out are. for us. Got a workspace yep. recap, recap post. They do, even though they made a little mistake. I got I to gotta reach out to the uh, team over there and let them know that they got to make a little correction to the... Oh, uh, leave them alone. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, they need to fix it. Uh, yeah. you know, just a friendly little, you know... So help there. There's extra eyes on it. That's all. They should be listening to our podcast. They might be. They they might be. I don't know. We'll see. Well, um, how about this? Don't say something and see if they fix it. <laughs> right. 
<laughs> yeah, so two of the uh, two of the announcements were double announced in terms of the headlines, and then the link also was used in the uh, in the second update there, where the Google Sites was not headlined, and the Learn More link goes to the admins will be alerted for Google Voice. So let's get into those updates that we're going to cover this week in the podcast. So. We are talking about uh, editing details in line with Google Tasks on the web. And uh, as I was saying there, admins are now going to be alerted when there's an issue with their Google Voice auto attendance or ring groups. And I know, Jesse, you've uh, got that, uh, experienced that firsthand uh, mm-hmm. since that came out. Uh, and then we also have uh, Google Volt is now... Volt. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why I'm saying it like that. But A little Google bit of Volt that southern now. accent sticking around. I, I think so. Could be. Uh, Google Vault now supports Google Sites. Uh, you can now start to apply context to our access policies uh, to mobile and desktop applications. And uh, that was kind of uh, mentioned early this uh, this year. Uh, Emery, I think, was talking about that. Um, I think he was thinking of internal-only uh, capabilities there, but that is now available to all Google customers that have access to that. Uh, context or access policy feature. And then email threads with recipients uh, outside your organization will be labeled external. And there's been a little bit of drama. Uh, I don't know. Drama around that. <laughs> yeah. But we'll get we'll get into that because uh, it's basically drama that people were asking for, kind of. So yeah, we'll talk a little bit about that. All right. So being able to edit those details in line with Google tasks on the web. So pretty straightforward update here, pretty short one. Uh, you can now add additional information to your personal tasks without opening the details dialog box. So just make it a little bit faster and easier to add those descriptions or dates and times so you can organize your tasks. And you know if you need to figure out how to use this as an end user, there's a little help article there. Uh, roll, this is going to be rolling out to both rapid release and scheduled release domains uh, on a full rollout. So one to three, day, uh, three days for that feature visibility starting April 26th. So that should be out already to everyone. And that is going to be available to all workspace customers as well as those on basic and business G Suites. I think I got so, that one available to me on day one. And it is a very welcome addition. They're saving me like a half a second every time I open and close. So it's like a full second for the task. And I do a lot of tasks. Yeah. We've talked about this. And, so, and awesome. So that's like six, that's six minutes a year they're saving you right there. Um, that was a lot of math you doing, just did there. Yeah, if you're doing that like once once a day. Well, yeah. they're saving well, me know, more than I, one second once a day. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, if you're thinking, yeah, if you're doing one second once a day, that's about six minutes a year. So, so a lot more than like that. that. I don't know. I guess it depends yeah, I've on already, how to use it. I've already been enjoying it and using it a lot. And it's, it's just made the whole workflow so much easier. But if only they would make, nice. uh, make the ability to assign tasks native and not in a room. But we'll get into that later, I guess, for another time. Yep. Uh, what else have we got there? Um, Google Vault. <laughs> I'm just going to keep saying it like that. <laughs> you skipped Vault. one. You skipped number uh, two. Did I? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Voice. Out of order here. That's why I've got my tabs here out of order. 
Um, and that's also because the, uh, oh yeah, admins will be alerted here. Let's see. This is, see, this is why, this is the Google um, the update here. That's why it's all out of whack here. What do we want to talk about next? Uh, alerted to Google Voice, right? Sure. Already seen that one too. Yep. So this is where you'll be able to get alerted when Google Voice auto attendance or ring groups uh, have an issue. And to uh, to get started with that, admins are going to have that feature on by default. So email notifications uh, will be going to the super admins. So if you need to send those to other, either other groups or other admins, go ahead and configure that uh, email notification in the rules section in, the, in your admin console. And uh, for the rollout on that, that started April 26th. It was on a gradual rollout, which is up to 15 days for feature visibility on both the scheduled and rapid release domain. So I think you got lucky there seeing that one pretty early. Mm -hmm. Yeah, unlike and most of the other be, ones lately, uh, this one and the yeah, other one I get early, but Google while. Meet, I'm still waiting for it. Come on. <laughs> yeah. So this is only going to be available for Google Voice standard and premier license customers. So for those on Google Voice starter, you will not get access to this feature. Keep that in mind. I think, and you've got standard, right? So you, you that's why yeah. you saw that. Nice. Okay. So next one here, we have... Um, I think the next one we were talking about, we're talking about Google, Vo Google Vault now supporting Google Sites, right? No accent this time? I, no. <laughs> I try, try not to have it in there. I think it was just, I don't know why I was doing that. Yeah, too much too much time in the South. Too many days down there. Um, so for Google Vault, uh, that is now going to be available uh, to support Google Sites, to, to back those up. Uh, so if you already use Google Vault to hold the Google Drive files, sites files will now be covered by those holds. Uh, and you can set some site-specific retention rules. So if you want to manage those a little differently than your drive files, for example, you can do that. And it just gives you a little bit more granular, granular control over your, uh, your organization's data. And that is going to be rolling out uh, on a gradual rollout to both the rapid release and scheduled release domains starting on April 27th. So customers should start to see that uh, pretty soon if they're not already. And that is going to be available to Business Plus, Enterprise Essentials, Enterprise Standard Plus, uh, and then Education Fundamentals, Education Plus, and Nonprofits. So it's, but it's not going to be available for Google Workspace Essentials customers, Business Starter, and Business Standard customers, uh, and also the G Suite Basic customers. Now, if you're on one of those uh, G Suite Basic uh, tiers and have the added Google Vault license, then I suspect you will have access to this because this is all based on Google Vault functionality. So if you are one of those customers that had the privilege of getting Vault on top of your non-Vault supported license, uh, then this would be available to you because of that Vault functionality that you have access to. So keep that in mind. All right. And then let's get this in the right order here. Uh, the ability to apply context or access policies to mobile and desktop applications is now available to customers uh, or you know, coming pretty soon, that is. So 
with context where access, you know, as you as you're aware, this is kind of uh, Google's Beyond Core uh, security model, and it allows you to apply uh, different controls on how users can access those applications based upon things like their location or their device security status or IP address, things like that. So what this is going to allow you to do is to now also apply this to those uh, mobile applications as well. So uh, things like Google Drive for the desktop app or Gmail on a mobile browser. Uh, so giving admins a little bit greater control on how, when, and where to use those uh, Google Workspace resources. So it'll be off by default. So you need to enable that uh, on, you know, on your domain uh, within your access level policies and settings. So head into there and make some adjustments if you need to turn that on for those desktop and mobile apps. And uh, customers will start to see this uh, both on the rapid release and scheduled release domains on the gradual rollout starting uh, April 27th on that 15-day uh, gradual rollout timeline. So it will be available to you know any customers that have access to context store access. So typically your enterprise uh, customers. And then as well as those that are using context store access on the GCP side as well, I presume it will be available over there. Um, this, this update though is specific to Google Workspace, so it does not talk about anything on the GCP side. And, uh, and then finally we have email threads. Both recipients outside your organization are now gonna be labeled external. So in the subject line, uh, what you're gonna see is this little yellow uh, icon. Uh, that are text, uh, text little little text icon that says external. It's going to be in that same yellow that you typically see in the banner you know, when you get one of those notifications in an email, alerting you to something about an email that may look unusual. And this kind of rolled out a little bit early, I think, is what it was, right? So this was this was actually hitting customers a little bit sooner than the April 29th date, which is when it was meant to be visible, and. Um, <laughs> this is, this has been like one of, one of the longest, oldest feature requests on the cloud connect community to, uh, you know, to make it easy for users to be able to see when emails are from coming from an external, uh, you know, domain. The way to do this before was by editing the subject line through a content compliance rule. And, you know, editing, this, editing the subject to have, you know, like external in there. But the way that Google worked with that was every time you got an email external, it would keep getting added. So you'd have like external, 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 <laughs> keep getting added to those subjects every single time uh, those kept coming in. So it was a little bit annoying. I know I, I saw that a lot on the, some of the Educause forums where, schools and that had those being added. I uh, didn't see it too much in the in the companies I was working uh, with on the Google Workspace kind of business side and SMB and uh, things like that. But definitely on the some of the larger uh, organizations that, that have that um, coming, you know, that, that are familiar with this feature coming from the Microsoft side of things, where they would uh, change the subjects to alert, you know, let people know that it was coming from an external uh, user. Now, Google always had some functionality to, you know, alert you that you were, you know, typing maybe the wrong uh, Jesse in your in your uh, to or uh, CC field. 
you know, saying, Hey, this, this Jesse's outside your organization, just uh, warning you, let you know, it's an external user. But now this is going to be showing up, you know, on those inbound emails just to uh, make it even more obvious that those are coming from external users. So what I would suggest is, you know, for admins that had this uh, kind of compliance rule on in the past where you were rewriting the subject, please go and turn it off. Please. <laughs> I don't want to see any more emails that say external in the subject line. Um, so yeah, please do us all a favor and turn that off because now Google's implemented it. We can all see it ourselves if our admins are going to be turning this feature on or not. And uh, uh, that is going to be, like I said, uh, available as a setting within the admin console. So you can uh, learn how to turn on the external recipient warnings uh, for Gmail on or off uh, through the help article there and um, take advantage of that if you want to in, in, a better, in a much better way. It's funny, all of the drama going around this, people on different forums going, what's this? I keep saying this. This is happening here. This is happening yeah. there. Yeah. Once again, I seem to have gotten shafted. I didn't see it on my domain. I still don't see it on my domain. But shout out to Brian for sending it to us last week. We actually uh, missed including that in last week's episode, letting us know that that was kind of breaking throughout Reddit and, and elsewhere on the internet. And as we saw it continue into this week, and then they they posted the update, it was like, and there it is. At that point, anybody who was you know following on the different forums already obviously already knew that it was a thing and it was about to drop and, and whatnot. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, it's it's great to see it finally here. I think it was executed well. It's designed well. It looks good. Um, and uh, for anybody who's looking to do the opposite direction, a little pro tip that I've been doing for a couple of years now, actually, is I did a, I searched for all of the emails incoming in my inbox, created a filter uh, for anybody, anybody who was emailing me with my domain, and I attached a green... Uh, label to it and labeled it internal. So just as a yeah, little tip there to see through the noise, um, because I, I get, I don't know, 100, 150 emails a day. And most of them are are actual stuff I need to be in. Some of them are notifications. And, and I'm yeah. very strict about, like, somebody sends me a newsletter I didn't sign up for, boom, I am unsubscribing from that on the spot. Because if I don't, it'll be like it used to be where I was just getting thousands of emails uh, a week that were just garbage. And so I clean all that up as soon as I see it. But as for internal emails, even still with getting a lot of vendors I'm working with constantly, I want to be able to see when somebody sends me a direct email. And so that was my trick is, is putting a label on it that's green. Stands out from the others. Green is good, obviously. I just kept, I just kept thinking <laughs> of the Beyonce song, put a ring on it. <laughs> Put okay. a label on it. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be our uh, our April yep. Fool's joke this year. This is <laughs> put a ring on it <laughs> song uh, prepared by uh, uh, rapper DJ Steve. We'll, we'll come up yeah. with a cool name for you, Steo or something <laughs> like that. Steve O, Rap, rapper Steve O. Obviously, yeah. I've got no cred in the rapper yeah. world because that was terrible, but you, you get the idea. <laughs> But yeah, so that's what I do is is I put a label on it, uh, market green as and as internal, so that uh, I'm able to see that, and it's worked out quite well so far. And it came out uh, in the forums when I mentioned it on one of the one of the communities I'm in. They were like, "Oh, it's a good idea." I was like, "You don't do this too." So I wanted to make sure that uh, everybody knew about it. So there you go. Well, I might have to start doing that now on some of my emails, just to kind of just label them Jesse or something like that every time it comes from Jesse. Damn right. Yeah. <laughs> Turn on the, uh, you know, extra alerts and warnings and play that special uh, sound in my phone when it comes in. That's what I should do. 
Which, what's the special sound? Well, I don't have one yet. I got to find one. It's not the SVU sound, is it? (laughs) (laughs) No, no. You know what? Actually, that's not a bad one. I think that could be it. Oh uh, no. What have I done? I'll use that one. (laughs) I like that one for you. Oh God. Okay. Whatever. (laughs) Well, so what else has been happening this week, Jesse? There are a few things that you've seen uh, happening out there. I know we were talking about a few things that um, I think we don't have on our other topic list, but we might want to get into if you want. But well, yeah, there was a couple way. of big things. Um, I mean, Bill Gates is getting divorced. That was today's news that broke. Some yeah. breaking news there. Um, you know, hey, more power to him and, and to his wife. You're welcome. Oh, we're going to start a news podcast next year. A tech news podcast will do better it's than happening. all the others. It's going to happen. This week on technology news. Um, and uh, oh, there was... So much better. Yeah, oh, it'll be much better. <laughs> there was some fun over at um, Basecamp, actually. And, and and the details about this are still coming out. And if you haven't heard about it, then obviously you don't spend very much time reading through the different things that happen on the internet. But, uh, or you've been golfing all week last or week. Or you've been golfing yeah. all week like Steve. Um, yeah. But the yeah. founder... One of the founders posted a new policy and uh, the employees didn't like it and the internet didn't like it. And um, they offered anybody who didn't like it, who worked at the company could leave and they would get whatever, some kind of a a payout or or whatever it was, you know, to uh, leave amicably. And one third of their staff decided to separate from the company, many of them in leadership roles. Yeah, at least 20 people out of... 57. I mean, that's a huge percentage of your company. It's massive. We're talking on Twitter. You could start a brand new, fantastic company with that, with that staff team, you know, many of them leadership, many of them very experienced in working fully remote because Basecamp has been one of the pillars of the fully remote workforce uh, concept for the last decade. In fact, they literally wrote not just the book, multiple books on this, you know, um, rework is one of them. And, uh, oh shoot, what's the other one? They're both on my bookshelf. I forget, you know, both fantastic and talking about how working remotely as a complete remote work, asynchronous company should work. They literally wrote the book on these and it just goes to show you that sometimes you can make a decision that doesn't always end well. Um, and we'll see, we'll see what happens from here. You know, both, uh, both those founders are, or at least one of them, um, is rather outspoken. And and I doubt this is going to be the end we're going to, that we're going to see of this whole saga, if you will. So stay tuned. Yeah. I'm going to have to read that article now. I'm kind of, I've been kind of skimming through it here as you were talking and sounds like there's a lot of stuff been going on for quite a while there. This yeah. is just the tip of the iceberg. And that was kind of the, tipping point really uh for everyone yeah well we'll see you know i feel like more information is going to come out obviously as time goes on as well and we'll see more into what really happened and we'll see what they decide to do next you know it's definitely gonna be interesting then speaking of uh the future of work or remote work or lack thereof google is ballooning into the future of work there's a new york times article that was covered by everybody out there basically this one yeah, I did read about, I think we were talking about this yesterday on our prep meeting and, uh, well, Google's some making really some weird funky ideas of, about going back to work. Yeah. And I say ballooning on purpose. If you go and read the article, the verge has it, uh, New York times has it, uh, obviously it's a New York times article and, um, they're, they're coming up with ways and, and some of it is actually, you know, somewhat clever where if you're going to have people on Google meet, 
then, and you're going to have people in the office, you want to have kind of a, a way for everybody to chat. So they created a concept called campfire, which is basically where they've got, um, a circular sitting area with a table in the middle and some of the seats around the table are actually like 32 inch um, flat screen TVs, uh, etc. And those are supposed to be the life size, life size talking floating heads and shoulders of their their colleagues to make it feel like the person is more in the room. I don't feel like I feel like most companies are not going to adopt that. But for hey, you know, for the Silicon Valley elite, why not um, see if it works for them? And uh, but this balloon thing was kind of there and and you're reading it or you read it before. So you can go into it more if you'd like. Steve is um, creating dividers between people working when they do need privacy is literally a enclosure that opens up and this weird slightly transparent rainbow neon colored balloon <laughs> yeah. inflates into a full-size wall and i'm just going why not just have a motorized collapsible wall i don't know what they were going for or, there or just one of those normal <laughs> like you know accordion walls that you see everywhere like, well it's google so it has to be robotic for decades. Yeah, it's just, it, it's, it's just, <laughs> it just looks weird. It doesn't make too much sense to me. And, you know, there were some, some other recent articles that, uh, not, I don't know if it's articles, actually, I think it was like some research done by MIT talking about, you know, working inside together and exposure times and how the distancing thing really doesn't work indoors. It's really about how much time you're spending there um, and, you know, how much contact you have with people and those kind of things. And I think these kind of distancing mechanisms to keep people apart indoors is a little bit of a false sense of hope, really. Um, I think as long as you're apart and that's the best you can do because you're still going to be touching and around the same surfaces, you're still going to be you know, in the same kind of airspace and that kind of stuff. And these walls are not really going to, I think, do too much. But Well, they also show everybody know. is still wearing masks in these in these photos. And they have they a kind of a, a looping video like, what future of work is this for? Three months from now when we're all still wearing masks? Or does Google think this is going to go on for another year, two, five? Who knows? Yeah. Like, are they going to require masks for the next couple of years? I mean, it's, it's very clever the way that they're doing this. So there's a, another small table sitting around kind of like a huddle space and there's just a TV that they rolled up next to it with a webcam attached to it. And uh, actually it shows a laptop sitting on a stand. I would have ex expected some Chrome meeting room hardware or something along those lines. And then of course they're working on a Jamboard. Um, but you know, it's, it's something that only a company like Google or, or whatnot is going to do. I don't think that most of these other companies are going to do, um, uh, I don't know. I mean, it's it's really hard to tell what's going to be the next step for for offices here. A lot of people are saying that um, offices are going to go away or that they're going to become only meeting room spaces or some kind of a blend of the two. Um, Chris Hurd from from um, First Base has been posting some epic level threads on Twitter. First Base is a company that does uh, all the logistics for equipping employees with uh, remote hardware. It's a company that I've been looking into recently because um, 
quite frankly, that's a pain in the ass trying to figure out, all right, well, do we ship this here? They're a whole box separately. How do we get it back? So they're going to handle all that. Yeah. Um, so I'm talking to them about that, but you know, they're, they're really dropping some serious knowledge about, um, you know, what it's likely to look like. They're talking to tons and tons of companies and, uh, and really just understanding kind of what people are thinking and, and what Google's showing here isn't it. I don't, I don't know. Some of it is very clever. Some of it is is pretty outlandish and out there. But I guess that's Google for you. You know, they're in, they're they're a bunch of engineers at at uh, at their core, or for the majority of the company, and and so they're going to try things and and see what works. And more power to them. You know, let us know. Yeah, I mean, for me, I would just be, you know, working remotely now and yeah. in every once in a while, and you know, kind of limited time in the office and just go when you have to. Yeah. I mean, I like their focus on video and I like their focus on even, you know, their hot desk prototype has a lamp built in with a diffusion filter on it so that you can easily uh, get good lighting wherever you're standing at your desk. Like, you know, sure, that's going to be likely the future of of desks and whatnot. But I don't know. We'll see. I personally, I don't, I, I want to work from home. Um, I don't ever want, really want to go back into the office. And, uh, I do think that there will still be a blend of that. You know, we can be, we can have healthy discourse in person and online. And some people would even say that we've grown closer by working remotely because we've had these calls. Where we're actually able to interact with more people from the company as opposed to before where you would only re- uh, interact rather with your direct team. So, you know, you have that ability on video to just jump on a call. People are talking about also, whereas previously these larger companies that paid for people to fly all around the world to have a meeting would say, okay, well, you know, you're coming into town in a couple of weeks. Let's wait until you're in Taiwan to have the meeting that you're, you're supposed to have. Cause you'll be there in town. Now it's, you just jump on the, on the meet and you have it right then and there. So, you know, it, it moves much faster. And, and I think that's much more kind of uh, valuable than, trying to figure out how that's going to work back to bring everybody back to the office. But I mean, it, it is all with the idea of hybrid work anyway. So, you know, it's, it is going to be able to facilitate that as well. Um, but, you know, I think we're all just trying to figure out, okay, well, you know, what comes next? Yeah. I was looking at this uh, animation here on the work desk, you know, swipe, bad swipe type thing. Mm-hmm. And like, there's a monitor that's on a swivel, which is different than what I've seen before. But I mean, how hard is it to swivel a monitor? It's not that hard. <laughs> and then the height of the, the desk, I mean, how hard is that too? I mean, there's usually a button there that you just press and you get it to the height that you want. You adjust it and you typically change it a few times while you're at the desk anyways. You're not usually in the same spot, same position the entire time. So I, I don't know. I don't see it. I mean, it's kind of a gimmicky little feature there, I think, of swiping your badge to change the desk height. But I don't know. Maybe Again, you swipe the badge so that it you, knows that you're using it and it can unassign, yeah. it can remove it from the availability list. Well, see, now that makes a little bit more sense. Yeah. Companies yeah, out there that are doing this, like uh, Workspace, uh, Office Space, rather, and Robin and some of the others do, like, uh, Office um, yeah, mapping. Letting you know where the... Yeah, exactly. Visual, visual directory. And so it could tie into that and say, oh, no, this one's not available Mm -hmm. or even an internal system, which I'm sure Google has. Yep. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, there was, I remember (laughs) one company I worked for based in San Francisco, not, uh, not like kind of the downtown, but more um, outskirts. Anyways, they, um, they had 
you know, like uh, in the hallways, uh, kind of, you know, boards that told you which meeting rooms were in use and uh, active and everything. And, but, you know, everyone had desks, but uh, just for the meeting room type things. But now you're kind of extending that functionality to uh, desks where people will be moving in and out of different spaces. But I mean, that's the thing. Um, like with the whole exposure, like you don't want to be sharing desks the same day, really, unless people are kind of cleaning those down. Now, you know, surface, uh, you know, viruses and surfaces have different uh, kind of, I don't know if it's called half-lives or just the time that it, it can still spread. Um, I wouldn't really want to be sharing desks uh, in this type of situation, you know. Uh, but, you know, maybe they haven't, uh, they need to incorporate that cleaning protocol uh, on there when someone's done, perhaps. Yeah, I saw somebody also... Uh suggesting that perhaps we would see the return of closed door offices. Yeah. Or just normal cubicles, you know, cause mm -hmm. I mean, that's essentially what that, you know, instantaneous wall is doing is just making a cubicle. So yeah. if we're just back in cubicles again. There you go. I mean, just doing a full circle from, you know, the eighties, whatever, seventies <laughs> or eighties. Um, that's what we were, it's what's what we we're doing before. You know? Yeah, especially as we understand more about this virus and future viruses and, and with a lot more attention paid to this in the workspace and what that looks like. I mean, I'm, I'm so much happier working from home. And that's one of the reasons why I went to work from home initially wasn't because so much of what I was afraid of in the office. But every time there would be, oh, we had a exposure, you have to go work from home. I just didn't want to drag my shit home and back every time. You know, I want my setup. I work best with my setup. So I'm just going to work from home because then I don't have to worry about that. And I did relax a lot more when I wasn't thinking about, um, oh, do I have to be wearing a mask all the time? Or I just uh, heated something up in the kitchen. I need to make sure that I wash my hands before I touch my face. Like, you know, outside in the world when I'm going shopping, which is also very rare, fine. But that's, a, you know, small doses. This was every day. It was exhausting. Yeah, all I think the rules. <laughs> I was, you know, I was thinking about this the other day in terms of, you know, the mask thing and, you know, what people are, what we're doing to try to prevent the spread of things. But, you know, masks are really easy to see on someone, you know, that they're mm -hmm. doing it. Right. But right. I think what's even more important is like the actual, like washing your hands. And, you know, when you do touch your face and do things like that, that you're washing your hands after before you touch surfaces and those kind of things. And, that's hard to see someone do and hard to know that someone does. But I think those types of things are even more important than like, you know, the mask wearing stuff. But well, you're saying you know, that we're I, I virtue signaling spaces. with masks. <laughs> Sorry. Are you saying that we're virtue signaling with masks? Virtue signaling. Uh, you're not as woke as you think you are. No. Virtue signaling mean? is a, I think it's a Twitter term. I don't know. I'm not as well because I think I am either. Um, yeah, I don't but it's essentially doing something or saying something to be a part of the, the thing that everyone's talking about now when really you don't actually mean it. Um, you know, 
But I, I think yeah. that, you know, we can learn from from the Asian market and the fact that masks are a regular occurrence there. The One of yeah. the reasons why, you know, they had a lot of them already is because they already had a lot of them. They're already wearing them. And maybe that's right. something that we should adopt is yeah. the fact that, hey, I'm not feeling well, so I'm either going to stay home and that's OK, you should. Or, hey, I'm not feeling well, I had to come out, but I'm going to protect everyone else and, and be be respectful of everybody else and wear a mask. Right. Yeah. You know, the germs are real. And quite frankly, you know, traveling on airplanes, I was already aware of how disgusting the world around us is and something like COVID. Yet, yeah, thank God I didn't get it. And now I'm half vaccinated with my with my other shot coming up in, in you know, a, a week or two here. Um, but I mean, I still got pretty sick, not last December, but December before that. Maybe I had COVID then. I don't know. But I've heard the horror stories and I've seen the people suffering. And this is not something we want to do. So having a better, I guess, understanding and relationship with germs and the world around us will, it can only do us better. Yeah. Yeah. And I do. And I mean, I do think that actually the masks are probably one of the best things uh, to actually have when you're in close proximity to someone else. Cause I mean, that's that, sorry, that is, um, you know, a pretty common way for for uh, germs to spread in terms of, you know, um, airborne kind of um, mm-hmm. pathogens and things like that. So um, I think, yeah, I think that definitely does help when you're indoors close to people. So it's just, it just needs to do a little bit extra uh, as well, I think, to make it work even better. But, yeah. Well, this definitely wasn't on our list of topics to discuss this week, but here we go. It wasn't. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the Google bit was, but uh this whole tangent on uh, better handling of viruses and whatnot. And look, you know, like I was saying yeah. on the plane, I would wipe down my tray when I got on a flight because it's pretty nasty. And I do not drink the coffee on the airplane because you know what? They don't really clean those tanks so well. I don't know what kind of garbage oh, yeah. is living in there. No, thank you. I will drink my soda that comes in a can. And oh, I was um, watching some TikToks around like ice machines and how dirty they've been ugh. in this office oh, ice machines crazy. forget it Ugh, I, or even just soda machines restaurants yeah uh, yeah so, i used to get ice uh, from my our, coffee, our office machine and then it started to taste funny i was like nope i'm done i wasn't getting any more soda from there i wasn't getting any more ice from there i was like i'm out i, I gotta go talk to uh maintenance and tell them to do something about it Ugh. i'm not even that much of a germaphobe but when i can taste it yeah i'm out yeah <laughs> All right. Oh, good times. Good well, times. I think that covers everything I wanted to cover this week. Yeah, that pretty much uh, wraps it up. Um, we can give a little bit of a teaser on here, talk about some of the network uh, stuff that we've got going on here. Um, yeah, we announced a month ago or so that uh, we're officially merging or mer- not merging. I don't know if that's the right word for it, but. Uh, um, absorbing into the tab geeks network which is a newly formed group of mine that um is a pivot of my tab geeks company that was building conferences for for it admins and professionals and uh thanks to covid can't be doing that anymore and probably won't be doing it for the foreseeable future so we wanted to start putting out some epic content to help educate and empower it admins around the world and so this podcast obviously is a great step towards that i've got my other podcast uh supporting it support which is interviewing 
interesting other IT admins and experts in the space and learning from them, learning from their careers, learning from, um, you know, their, their arcs and, and what helped them go from one job to the next and, uh, and, and what they've learned along the way and what they do and what their positions mean, et cetera. So, um, you can check that out. And then we've got Steve and, and Dominic and some other people, uh, host the workspace admins YouTube channel, which is a semi-regular, highly technical YouTube discussion demonstration um, is usually a Google Meet, so it's done live and then obviously recorded for posterity on YouTube. And the, uh, the reason why I'm talking about this is uh, because we have coming soon, we had made some serious uh, progress on it this week, a SaaS show that's going to talk about the different SaaS applications that we're all using and maybe do some interviews with the people at those companies, learn about what's coming, what they're working on, um, ask them some of our burning questions from the community and, and sort of discuss the different options that are out there to help bring greater awareness of, to the, the SaaS ops community and the SaaS ops role and what that means. And uh, our first episode has been recorded. We're going to do some production on it, but it's going to go through the history of SaaS. So start thinking about you know, what was the first time that you became aware of SaaS software as a service, a subscription model, paying for software on a monthly basis and not actually having, so to speak, hard physical software on a disk that you would use and just accessing it. I mean, for me, it was Gmail, obviously, is, is probably one of the early ones and probably is for a lot of you as well. But, uh, you know, just uh, wanted to share some of that exciting news with you. Well, I think, Jesse, that deserves a round of applause. Thank you. Thank you. It's not just me. Steve is a big part of this as well and uh, our other creators, which we'll be announcing uh, shortly. So stay tuned. Tabgeeks.com is T-A-B, which stands for Tech and Business. Geeks, you should all know how to spell that. Um, .com and of course WorkspaceRecap.com and some more website domains to announce in the future. But other than that, we'll wrap it up here. So feel free, as usual, to send us your questions on Twitter and on our website at WorkspaceRecap.com uh, That's all for this week we hope to hear from you online also hit the subscribe button leave us a review if you would it definitely helps with getting some some new people listening to the show and uh, if you really enjoy us then tell your friends your networks your other it admins and experts about us we've also got an excellent slack community that you can join which is uh an experts community and is for experts only there are no vendors no sponsors nobody other than us tech obsessed geeks allowed in the room so check that out also at uh, uh, tabgeeks.com and um, that's all for now so have a great week we'll see you next time on Workspace Recap <laughs>